The Man in Line with Andy Wint. Fast by, good afternoon. Welcome to Man in Line on Max Radio. Call 66 13 68 to get your point across to the Isle of Man about the Isle of Man. Text 166177. WhatsApp, same number, 166177. But you will need us in your contacts book. And we can talk to each other. You can also email studio at manxradio.com. So what's going to happen to Lord Street bus station? Uh, Joni Farragher, the Douglas East MHK, uh, says that um, there's no structure, there's no substance to it. Uh, Douglas MHK, Joni Farragher, has criticised a report from Tim Crookle, the infrastructure minister, on plans for the Lord Street bus station. She says it's unacceptable. In July, Tim will resolve that the work for the new bus facilities in the capital was a priority and a detailed plan of how these could be reinstated, should be presented by the end of the year. That was last week. Well, Tim Crocall admits that the new bus station facilities for Lord Street are still some way away, but remains the best option for the capital. The department's considered short-term improvements uh, for the facilities there, ahead of a more permanent provision. He also reveals that they're using the area in front of the scene terminals. A button to change has been considered. Imagine that like it used to be, but the entrance and exit points were limited. Well, they narrowed them from the old ones, but then again, and manoeuvring buses uh, through there makes it unviable. So what's going to happen to this? What is going to happen? This is uh, our capital city. We haven't heard anything from Douglas uh, Council uh, about what they think of the bus station. But wasn't there meant to be a big development there? Isn't that one of our famous brownfield sites? What is going to happen at Lord Street bus station? Do you remember at one time, that was a seat, that was an air terminal. You used to be able to uh, check in for the airport there and get a bus down to Ronald's Way. It was very plush, quite modernist in its design, but it was, uh, and there was a shop, do you remember, there was a news agent's there. So, Unsworth, I think it was, the news agent, wasn't it? So... What do we want? At the moment, everybody puts up with a line of bus stops. Let's not call it a bus station. It's a line of bus stops. The pavement's covered in somebody else's chewing gum that's been trodden into the floor. No facilities at all. No loose. Nothing. It's hardly lit. And there's no provision, no dot matrix signs, no illuminated signs, no electronics to tell you which buses are coming when. If you don't know your way around it, well, you take potluck. Is this good enough? It's just just another piece of the Isle of Man that's fallen to pieces and nobody seems to care about it. So what's happening with this? If you've got any thoughts, then by all means, get in touch. I'd like to hear what you have to say. And Julian's first on today. Hi, Julian. Hi Andy. Uh, yeah, just um, listening yesterday with interest, and you know, I, I agree with many sentiments. Um, Betty, um, Bonzo, Mark—they all have their interesting opinions. Um, I'm just wondering, though, 
what do the staff want? Because um, normally there'd be some kind of a discussion, I would have thought. And then if that doesn't work, you go to arbitration. Um, but it seems that it's gone straight to the nuclear option, which I don't think is ever a very good choice. Um, I suppose as the government has signed up to the ESG reporting company Sustainalytics, uh, I suppose the government's ESG score will go up due to uh, all the sailing cancellations. And now uh, we've just got one return sailing a day. Um, but it just makes me wonder um, at what cost to the public, if, uh, even if the ESG score goes up, that's not really a good thing for the rest of us. I'm just going uh, uh, to make... uh, let me ask you a straight question, Julian. That is now they said that this contingency plan was only going to happen for two weeks because this office has taken um, uh, leave to deal with family stuff and they haven't got any, any resilience in the system because of the industrial action. They say it's a fortnight in your gut. Do you believe that? Um, I mean, you know, You've got the, the, there's always the possibility it's it's true. Uh, there's always the possibility that it's a, a tactic. And, you know, in some cases, if you've got somebody um, implacably telling you something, you might use that tactic. And, you know, is it wrong? You know, there are certain other projects on this island that seem to be um, a sledgehammer with uh, everyone saying what's going on and there's no answer forthcoming. That does sort of seem to be... Uh, the same sort of tactic. But, you know, this might be something as simple as Mark mentioned yesterday. Maybe it's negotiating the details of the time on, time off, you know, on the rosters. Because, you know, if you're working 16 hours a day, because it's four hours there and back and you're on two sets of those, it's a long time at sea. just makes me wonder if they need two weeks off. It could be something as simple as that. But um, I just wonder, maybe the union representative, if, if the steam packet doesn't want to come on the programme, maybe the union representative wants to come on, and then at least then we can hear what it is that will satisfy this problem, because it's having empty shelves and all the rest of it is not serving anybody um, well. So there's got to be a way forward, and it needs to be done pretty quickly. So, you know, the, the idea that you can just tear up contracts and say you're doing this is probably not a very diplomatic way forward. And both sides will have points. Um, you know, I, I totally see Mark's uh, side of it saying, you know, they can't be chasing after people who are, say, up in Ramsey somewhere when the boat needs to go an hour and a half early because of the weather window. So I can see the point. There are points on both sides, but it seems that we're not hearing what 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 the crew needs to happen. Because as far as I remember, um, when the Ben was purchased, there was no crew accommodation built into it, which is why they got used to not having being um, living on the boat. And of course, same with the Mananan. But before that, I think it used to be two weeks on, two weeks off. So, okay, we're, we're probably going back to how it used to be, and that's understandable, but perhaps that, I'm just wondering if that is the crux of the detail as to why this is happening. And if it's something so simple, why is it so difficult to just sit down and chat about it? And also, we, we spent all this money on the boat, and all the time she was being built and put together on time on budget at uh, Hyundai in, in Korea. Did nobody think of this? Did nobody actually sit down and think one Thursday afternoon, oh, yes, the crew... What are we going to do? Well, yeah, I mean, you know, apparently the, the crew quarters are, are quite nice. I think they've even got a gym on board. Um, um, I, I assume that the steam packet um, um, have got access to apartments for the crew when when they're on their one week or two weeks off. Um, 
because they'll have to have somewhere to live on the two weeks or one week or whatever when they're not working. So I'm not sure what the detail is on that these days. Um, but, you know, we've got two very separate questions here. Is the boat fit for purpose? Not the noises from Steam Packet are it is, although the evidence in front of your eyes is that when it was sat off Laxey for three hours after an eight-hour sailing um, and multiple other things. I mean, it seems I've been looking back at the history of the Ben McCree cancellations, and this seems to be an exponentially more. I think everyone senses that this is, even in the teething problems with weighting the Ben down, it was never this bad. Um so it makes you wonder you've got these two separate issues but the staffing one it, it, I mean I don't know I, I just sit down at the table and just say what, what, will, what, what, what do you want what we need and let's find somewhere in the middle I wonder what the people inside the department um, for enterprise are thinking because they've got a department called Locate Isle of Man funded mm. you know heavily funded you know well over at, at six figures and that serves to attract people and businesses to the Isle of Man can you just imagine if you were a, a representing a business or a person coming to the Isle of Man and you landed now and found that, oh, there's only one boat today for a fortnight, it's because they didn't realise what was going to happen. I mean, what does what does what must the people at Locate Isle of Man be thinking when they're trying to sell the Isle of Man to somebody who's going to move and perhaps bring a business here? One of these, you know, the much vaunted fifteen thousand people who are going to come. Mm. I mean, it sort of echoes the ATC problem at the airport that there seems to be this issue that there isn't somebody on the staff that can take over when they need a break. Um, you know, and I understand a few days ago, the first flight out at 9.30 was delayed half an hour because of a brake problem again. It was, a, it was the first flight out. Um, so, I don't know, there seems to be these echoes of, oh, staff, you know, one member of staff can literally take down the steam packet. So, um, it does make you wonder. Um, I think, you know, it, it's, it just seems that... I don't know. There doesn't seem to be anybody sort of business-minded getting in the way of this and saying, you know, we need to just sort this out very quickly because, as you say, the repercussions of people looking at the island and going, mm, this isn't looking too good. The planes are all over the place. The boat's all over the place. Um, and we don't have a mail plane anymore. So for businesses, getting mail promptly on and off the Isle of Man without paying £15 a letter for it to be flown on the uh, the Logan Air flight, uh, I mean, it's, it's hardly 21st century, is it? Yeah, and, and if you remember, I was sort of half joking when I was asking the question weeks ago. I assume the stamps will come down in pricing as we're getting effectively second-class mail going on the boat, and lo and behold, we put it up. I mean, for for business, and I know certainly we're a much vaunted international business centre. There are some some f fairly high-powered legal brains and businesses in and around Douglas that are I know for a fact are think this is untenable trying to get legal documents on and off the Isle of Man without paying a fortune for each individual one is 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 proving problematic. Now, you just wonder whether anybody at the post office thought, hang on, we're an international business centre. We better do something about that. We don't even know how much it would have cost for us to fund the mail plane itself, as Jersey has done. Yep, absolutely. Um, yeah, it, it just seems that everything seems to be regressing at the moment. Um, what 
the way forward? That's the question, isn't it? Because um, everything seems to be slipping. I mean, you know, it was interesting that the FOI has been suspended for the steam packet right before all these problems started, which, even if it's arm's length, at the end of the day, the, the government is running the steam packet. So FOI should be available for that. It, you know, it's, it's, it seems strange timing that um, all of a sudden you can't ask any questions. And even, I mean, again, if they preempted it by telling everybody, look, the steam pack is not going to be FOIable if they told us before the event, but it only comes to light when anybody tries to FOI the steam packet. So did they not think anybody would notice and did they not think anybody would care? It just seems to be that... I don't know. It's, it's a bizarre situation. It's almost like they have blinkers on. Yeah, and, you know, the. I think I saw in the press the other day that um, they had a public consultation about uh, the design of the Manxman. Well, as... as as was said, contrary to that, there's, people are not engineers. But, you know, it's fairly... If, if you're trying to... Uh, if anyone's ever seen the, um, the, the Arctic trying to back into the lane um, near Regent Street, um, you know, it's, it's even tighter than that, relatively, with the Manxman. Anyway, um, there, is, there is good news, of course, on the horizon. And you know why that is from 7 o'clock this morning. To, um, are you going to say the pool? The Southern Pool. I've been in it. And what are the new lights like? Well, they put some little LED lights um, along the railings on the observation deck above and also on the far side. Um, But it turns out it was to do with some slippage on, I think it was on the bolts that uh, protrude through the roof and hold the lights up. But of course, those lights that are up there are over 20 years old. Um, and as you, as you know so well, you know, Ramsey and uh, Peel have had over a quarter of a million spent on them, whereas um, in that same eight-year period, uh, they got a pool cover for 14 grand at, um, at the Southern Pool. So it's hardly surprising that these things needed. But then again, that may be the, the smallest issue because I hear that the tiles are falling off in the NSC, which might necessitate an eight to ten week closure on that, if that uh, is true. Oh, dear. So, but, um, so what was the it's pool? Working. It's what? open. It was very nicely lighted. Um, I think there's talk about putting some new battens up and stuff. But uh, yeah, it was fully functional. So all good. All right. Thanks for calling. Thanks, Andy. Cheers. Good to hear from you. The Southern Swimming Pool has reopened, as you heard, and now you can see you can see the fact that uh, <laughs> the bolts may have protruded. Oh, crikey. No end for the woes at the steam packet at the moment. One boat a day. So if you're trying to go, last thing, if you want to do a full day's work and go on the evening boat and get yourself across, maybe for family and friends, can't do it, sorry, not going to happen, at least for a fortnight anyway. That's what's happening. Passenger sailings on the Manxman, one return crossing a day during daylight hours. Treasury Minister Dr Allenson and uh, Chief Minister Mr Cannon met the chairman of the steam packet, Lars Ugland, and the managing director, Brian Thompson, yesterday. We haven't heard what was said. We don't know what was said. Some passengers have had their travel affected by this slimmed-down schedule. But other questions are being asked by the public, including the suitability of that £78 million boat to run a ferry service between Douglas and Heesham. We've heard all sorts of opinion and skeet about whether it's the right site. She looks gorgeous. I mean, she looks at night time 
and when she sails out, we won't see it now because she doesn't sail at night, but if she did sail at night, she looks like a well-lit cathedral sailing out to sea. She looks absolutely gorgeous and on board, very, very nice. So, Brian Thompson... What happened? The briefing that he had with the politicians. Really, it was just a meeting to brief the Chief Minister and the Treasury Minister on the ongoing dispute with Nautilus, how the company sees the way forward, what the challenges might be, really just keeping them abreast of where we are. Can I just ask you a question a lot of people are asking? Is the Manxman the right boat for the job? It's twice as big, twice the weight of the Ben McCree, high windage, it's got two difficult ports to get in and out of. Is it the right boat? Absolutely. So this sort of concept design of the Manxman came about through what's required from the Sea Services Agreement, which is a publicly available document for people to view and see what the stipulations of the new vessel had to be on there, but also from the consultation that the company ran, where members of the public gave their view on what they wanted the new boat to be. But these aren't engineers, but the members of the public. Well, you can't have a bigger boat without it being bigger. We had to increase the capacity, which is what we've done. I mean, it's twice the weight. Is that too big? That's uh, what it says on the sign downstairs. The weight's not that relevant to us ship that's floating in the water. It's high windage though, isn't it? Yeah, I think that's quite clear when you've seen the two of them alongside each other this morning. There is more windage, but I would also say there is a higher power and more control for the Manxman, and it is a case of our captains getting getting used to that and driving it to its full potential, which doesn't happen overnight. I think it's like any sort of large vehicle, it takes a bit of confidence building. The Manxman is what it is, and we have to make it work. You've gone on to a new schedule. How many passengers is this affected? It's affected a few passengers I'm not going to get into specific numbers it's not ideal it's lucky that we can run the daytime sailing and hopefully people won't feel too disrupted it's unfortunate and disappointing but it's where the industrial actions left us word reached us that cleanliness has been affected it's looking a bit scruffy is that something to do with this work to rule? No. First I've heard of that, so I don't know where you've got that from. One officer has caused this. Could we see a situation where, at regular intervals, another officer goes off ill? I would hope not. I think that would be a highly irregular and potentially illegal situation. That is a, a, a genuine situation we found ourselves in, and it's just lucky we are able to run one return sailing on a maximum a day, but we also have the arrow for the freight as well in the evening. What happens if Jersey Guernsey, who I understand have had a lease on, on the arrow, or what nope, happens if they call it in? No, that's fake news. It's not, not true? No, not true at all. There's absolutely no truth in that. So it's not going to be taken away suddenly somewhere else? There's no truth. It has not been chartered by anyone else. Is it able to carry enough freight for the island? Yes. It's perfectly adequate? Yes, perfectly adequate for the, the amount of freight that's required, especially at this time of year, which, as you'll imagine, getting into January, February, and we're all tightening our belts a little bit. It's a little bit less, but no, the, the Arrow can take a good capacity of freight. Is a resolution in sight, <coughs> is it any closer? I don't know if it's any closer, because it requires everybody to want to come to the table with a solution in mind and that's certainly something that the company wants to work on. We want to keep everybody as satisfied as possible while running the Manxman to its full capacity. Are you say the union don't want a resolution at the moment? Well, you'd have to ask them that. I can only speak for the steam packet and certainly from my perspective we've always negotiated fairly and openly, perhaps too openly. We want a resolution, we don't want to lose any seafarers, we, we want to continue and you were the excellent service that we provided. It's 26 minutes past 12. This is Man in Line on Max Radio. That was the managing director of the Steam Packet. That was Brian Thompson talking about the Steam Packet's point of view. Uh, the fact that we now have just one sailing per day on the Manxman. To and fro, morning sailing, getting back. 
in the evening. So no evening sailing, as you heard him say. The cargo, the freight is being handled by the Arrow. We're in the middle of this. We, when I say we, I mean passengers, citizens of the Isle of Man, but also the businesses relying on freight and prompt delivery of freight. You also heard the problems we've now got with the newspapers. So one sailing a day, newspapers are going to be late. We have no mail plane anymore. Does this feel like progress to you? And as I say, I'm genuinely being serious. The people at Locate Isle of Man, how are they going to sell this to people trying to relocate to the Isle of Man? All they have to do is just, if they're coming to the Isle of Man, just pick up a newspaper, listen to the radio, chat to people in a cafe or a restaurant and see what everybody else has to say. What would they say? How do they explain all this away? Are you a reluctant landlord, tired of tenant hassles, cursed by constant maintenance, tormented by empty properties producing no rent, want to escape these worries or get out altogether? At Prime Lettings, we understand your pain and have bespoke solutions to release you from these problems. Ring us on 616 707 for a free confidential chat. Prime Lettings, we're on call and on the ball at 616 707. When it comes to money, rainy days happen to us all. If you'd like to save for a rainy day, choose your local Manx Credit Union, where your savings stay in the local economy and go towards helping families and island residents on their own rainy days. Visit Manx Credit Union Peel Road and find our newly extended opening hours online at mcu.im. Save with the Manx Credit Union. Every bit of savings really does make a difference. Manx Credit Union is licensed by the Isle of Man Financial Services Authority. In life, we plan for birthdays, anniversaries and holidays. But what about planning for the unexpected? I've worked hard all my life. I want to make sure everything's in place for my family. Man Benham understands. We specialise in enduring powers of attorney, mental health receiverships and are there for you when mental capacities decline. Thanks to Man Benham. Your legacy is protected. Secure your family's future today. Visit manbenham.com because peace of mind is the best legacy. The Riley sale is now on. Now with up to 50% off our fantastic Christmas ranges. From trees and decorations to gifts and toys. Stock up now at Riley's Garden Centre on Cool Road and join the magic on Facebook and Instagram. After a winning end to 2023, can FC of Man make a winning start to 2024 this coming weekend? The Ravens host Charnock Richard at the Bowl this Saturday, with the Manx side aiming to start the new year on a good note. Join me, Rob Pritchard and Tony Meppham for FC of Man versus Charnock Richard, taking place this Saturday at 6pm. Manx Radio will be providing full live match commentary on our DAB and AM 1368 channels. Live coverage of FC of Man on Manx Radio is supported by Selton, investing in our community. The Man in Line with Andy Wint. Terry says, Andy, the first thing the steam package should do is move the Ben McCree off the Victoria Pier link span and put it on the north side of Victoria Pier. That'll leave that link span free to be used by the Manxman or Arrow if it can stand the weight of the freight trailers. Terry, uh, well, she can because they've loaded uh, Manxman on there before now. Uh, a message in also, uh, perhaps people could contribute to a government half-term report. Health services, no improvement. The DOI seem unable to grasp problems. It goes on, says uh, G313. I wonder where the foreign crew go when they're off duty following two weeks on board 
the Manxman, says Donald. And here's one that says, uh, all the eight non-Isle of Man UK crew pay tax but claim every bit of it back. So that, that doesn't go into the Manx economy. And if crew, both local and others, are uh, held captive on board for one or two weeks at a time, meaning they're not spending any money on the island businesses, it's a lose-lose situation for the Manx economy. And also, in response to today's comments, uh, why did nobody think of the crew situation when the Maxman was being built? The crew were opposed to live on board right from the beginning from the designing of the ship. So why wasn't the issue sorted out three years ago? This correspondent says it's because the steam packet management have refused all along to cooperate with negotiations or enter into arbitration. Also in reply, also, uh, the steam packet doesn't have apartments for crew when they are on their weeks off. Those crew fly or sail to wherever home is. Yes, uh, pre-liver on board, steam packet paid for rooms for non-Manx residents, but this was also for tax purposes, as stated in the Sea Services Agreement, sections 5, 6, 1612 that the majority of all its employees are resident for tax purposes. If they no longer provide an address for people to stay uh, in, how can they be resident for tax purposes? You can't put MV Manxman, can you, as a residence? Ken's on. Hi, Ken. Hi there. Uh, morning to you, afternoon. I was just wondering, um, because the boat sailed about 10 to 8 this morning, I just wonder how feel people feel about waiting an extra hour for the train at Eatsham. I thought the boat went at 8.45. I know it was brought forward. Well, I don't know. It should have been 8 o'clock. But that means you've got... If you're trying to catch the train, you're waiting an extra hour at Eatsham. I know there's... There's a theory or somebody's going to put some money up to try and improve facilities at Heisham, but uh, why does she go at 8 o'clock in the morning? Well, this morning she went at 10 to 8. Yes. So got there at, uh, I think she got there at 11.45 this yeah. morning. So, and that it's, boat's about, that train's about 1 o'clock, isn't it? It is, yes, because it's designed to bring people to the boat, not take people away. So it doesn't, uh, you know, it doesn't arrive... We only arrives to put people on the boat and then take people away. Well, I'm presuming that that um, that waiting room is going to stay open uh, for it all. It will be there, so at least they'll be they'll be warm and dry. Oh, boy, there is, yes. I I know Eastham quite well, coming from Lancaster, you see. So it's not. But the other thing I was wondering: is there any news about the steam packet about the COVID fiasco? When somebody said on the radio that. Uh, she was very happy that it's... I don't know how they've managed the steam packet crew of, you know, during COVID, have managed to stay indoors. And then they were told, no, they were allowed out in the Isle of Man, but in the Liverpool crew, went home and stayed in. I think that may be involved in this wider COVID inquiry, the report that's uh, supposed to be out fairly shortly. And that's still going on? Oh, it is, yes. <sighs> yeah. Now, here's my theory about the steam packet. It, would it be... For money-making, would the boat not be better going at night to bring the freight in for the morning at 6 o'clock? And if you're just a passenger, that's the boat you have to catch. There's no daytime sailings in the winter. 
Well, it, I mean, it's a, it's just less of a service now, isn't it? I mean, before, you know, there were two boats a day, and in the summertime there's the fast craft to Liverpool. That's the whole sea services agreement. That's that's the agreement by which they get sole use of the link span in that they provide, and, you know, swings and roundabouts are going to lose money on some sailings, and they will make money on other sailings, and it will, uh, it will level itself out, and historically the steam packet has been a cash cow for whoever owns it, Ken. Well, yeah. I'm just wondering how many other officers are perhaps going to go sick. You know, COVID. Well, uh, you heard uh, Brian Thompson say he thought that was unlikely. Well, yeah, well, under what what he's looking at then. I do... I'm just amazed that there wasn't... the The boat is too big. It's got all these cabins, which basically puts an extra deck on the thing. And Hesham, of course, is very hard to get into when it's a bit windy, especially when it's crossed because you've got the turns and yeah. don't know. And it's a very narrow channel as well that needs dredging out, doesn't it, as well? well it's getting narrower all the time. Is it really? Yes, yes. Because as far as I know, they're not dredging outside, so... So every time the boat goes in, it swashes the <laughs> silt yeah. aside. Well, you wouldn't want to be dredging near those two nuclear power stations, would you, Ken? No, not especially ones should have shut ten years ago. Yes, that's right. Yes. <laughs> oh dear. Right. Yeah, okay. Th- thanks, Ken. Bye to you. Good Cheers. to hear from you. Thanks for calling today. And Juan's on now. Hi, Juan. Happy New Year, Andy. Are you back in the gym, getting rid of all that there Christmas food? I am. I am, uh, Juan. As uh, truth be told, yes, I am. <laughs> I'm, I'm working. I'm it. actually on the gym. I'm in my. I'm working on my favourite machine. <laughs> I think we all are at the moment, don't we? That's the vending uh, machine. The vending machine. The vending machine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was. I was in Aldi's. I was in Aldi's at the New Year, and they. Um, I, I got a duck, and it said on it that you know it might be a goose, and I, I wondered, is that transgander? Anyway, you it's, didn't call um, about that. No, I didn't, did I? Um, I just, uh, I was just thinking, you know, that, that a certain politician made a statement, was it last year, about, um, you know, what's the food sustainability for the Isle of Man? And, and that person said, the Manxman. And I wonder how that's going for her at the moment with that statement. Well, we've asked, but, uh, we've asked the DESC, uh, sorry, the um, uh, DEFA and... Uh, and Claire Barber, and apparently everything is everything is fine. Really, we're not sure. Uh, apparently, the the animal feed situation is going to be okay, and the human feed situation will be fine. But of course, uh, we don't uh, bake our own bread anymore now because um, laxy mills might be sold. And um, well, there we are. And back to the importance of of being um, self-sustainable with food, which we spoke about many times on here. And and this kind of proves that point. I mean, if you've got your basic food supplies on the island, we can weather the storm. Um, And, you know, looking at the pictures that people are sending of all the empty shelves everywhere. Again, this is another, like, I can assimilate it to a a COVID aspect. Once you close things down, um, your businesses are losing money. I mean, everyone's there, um, the percentages are low on daily products 
so they, 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 they're designed to sell stuff every day. So these shops are lying empty for, for days with no food in. So, I mean, there's a lot of money getting lost by, by businesses. So, again, like you said before, the sustainability of businesses when they haven't got the, um, the, the supply coming in um, can be a bit worrying. for. And remember, the all I mean, these multiples like Marks and Spencer, either Tesco and what have you, they've got central tills. So the people at headquarters will be looking at the yield per square foot or per square metre on the Isle of Man. That's the only reason Marks and Spencer are here and Tesco are here, is the yield per square metre. And if suddenly things start to go down, these people notice, and they notice very quickly. Absolutely, and of course all this stuff is sent out from central hubs in England, so vehicles are loaded and vans are loaded, so if, if there's a cancellation last minute, then you know, you've got a lot of frozen foods lying in, in, in places and stuck on docks. Um, I, re- I remember going back through the time, I was, I've been on that boat for a 10-hour period, I've been on that boat for a 19-hour period when it's been stuck with, with winds and couldn't get in, been stuck with fog and it couldn't get in. Uh, I think I was even on the Peveril when it crashed into the link span. That was an interesting day. So um, talking to, you know, you've got a twofold problem, as Julian said there before. Um, The the boats, and I remember going back to July, talking to someone from the ship registry in the Sea Marrier when we were having a little party in the Isle of Man about the photographs of the the boat and how it was going to look and, you know, the, the, the way forward for it. Um, and I think Julian brought this um, up before Christmas. Um, we've got a boat which is supposed to be new hybrid, etc., and electric. Is the engines, the, the bow thrusters, strong enough with these electric feed rather than the straight gas turbine feed? Are these strong enough to cope with this size of boat? Well, you would imagine, uh, you know, I mean, people like Lars Ugland, Mr. Ugland's been in shipping a long time and he knows what he talks about. So we're presuming, again, you know, we're lay, with a layperson, with a person in the street, we, we, if you like, we hire experts to make sure these problems don't happen. Lars is a very clever man, I, absolutely. I mean, he's not someone that's just they've got off the street to, to bring in here. I mean, I think he was consulting before he even got the, the position on there. Um, but it, it makes you think, looking at the boats, was it the Tinball that we had that had to have um, Stephen Carter t- tugging it in, I think? Because, again, that we had problems with it being a high-sided. Is that right, Andy? Do I remember that? Can't remember that. Was, when was that? Yeah. There was a tugboat on, on there that used to that used to push the boat in at the side um, because they were having issues with it in, in winds and stuff, and um, because it was a high sided boat. And he, this boat is nice. There's no doubt about that. And I, I mean, it should be for that kind of price. This shouldn't be a question. But um, and and the other point is as well. Um, I think since the Herald of Free Enterprise has been more pressure put on sea captains as to responsibility for taking them out, personal responsibility. So that has to be borne in mind. And also, I think five years ago, the steam packet actually announced that there would be less sailings because of the channel going through the wind turbines, if I remember rightly as well on that one. Well, they did mention that it might affect it, and it might it might take longer because of uh, the the new um, wind farms that are going in the in Morecambe Bay. Yeah, so you've got all these here um, little things that that, that are um, in the equation here as well. So it, it's not a it's not a straightforward cut, and 
again, uh, I, as Julian said about arbitration, um, I was talking to someone who's been on board that boat for 30 odd years. And as he said, as an able seaman, you get your ticket and you go to sea. You could be at sea for two weeks. You could be at sea for two months. You could be at sea for three months. That's what you sign up for as an able seaman um, for merchant shipping. Um, the problem seems to have been here is, the, you know, the, the the way that they instigated it because the Ben had had no um, accommodation and now they've changed it back. So that seems to be the argument here. And, and again, as Julian said, arbitration surely should be the way forward. You've probably got a union man who's getting 60 or 70,000 pounds a year to tell people to stay at home and, and, and um, protest. They're not staying at home and protesting. So unions are always a last ditch attempt in, 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 my, in my thing to, to get things done. Um, surely there should be an arbitration in here. And, and um, uh, again, for the, for the benefit of the Isle of Man and the Manx people, um, that, that's, that's, my little, uh, that's my 10 pence worth for New Year. Good to hear from you. Thanks, Julie. Uh, thanks, Stuart. Take care, Andy. 18 minutes to one. It's called JIT, says uh, Morgan. Thank you, Morgan, for your note. JIT. Just in time. This is uh, how logistics, what used to be called freight or haulage, was done. Uh, everything uh, arrives JIT just in time. However, if the boat doesn't sail, JIT goes out of the window, as we found with McDonald's closing down because they didn't have enough stuff. They don't carry enormous amounts of stock. They get their stock JIT just in time. Boat doesn't sail doesn't happen he'll help keep your garden looking fine he makes it easy and he saves you time he'll save you cash he's johnny trash tired of endless trips to the skips fortnightly curb collections from johnny trash the eco-friendly way to deal with garden waste all for the equivalent of just 325 a week sign up on their facebook page or call 477-767 he'll save you cash he's johnny trash 70 million workdays lost a cost of up to 99 billion pounds to the uk economy can your business afford to ignore mental health? St. John Ambulance have partnered with Mental Health First Aid England in a bid to transform workplace mental health and support staff. We are offering adult mental health first aid training courses to encourage early intervention, helping you recognise the signs and symptoms and guide a person to the right support. Call St. John Ambulance on 674 387 today. At the first store, the bowls were too small. No good for my porridge, Goldilocks thought. At the second store, the chairs were too hard and uncomfortable. But at the third store, the beds were so comfy. That's because she was in Millie Chaps of Ramsey, where everything is just perfect. Right now, find bargains across every department at the Millie Chaps Winter Sale, including carpets, flooring, sofas and dining, plus amazing stressless bedroom furniture and accessories. Don't miss the Millie Chaps Winter Sale. Good choice, Goldilocks. For a mouth-watering experience, take your taste buds along to the food cellar. From breakfast to lunch, hot dishes to salads, soups and sandwiches to platters, the food cellar is the perfect place to meet colleagues, friends or family for a catch-up. The food cellar, next to the wine cellar, on the milestone Peel Road, Douglas. Open Tuesday to Sunday from 9.30am for 
full opening hours, see thefoodseller.im. If you bought your loom pants and cheesecloth shirts from Paraphernalia, if your vinyl records came from Mark Kelly's or the Music Box, if your weekends were danced away at the MGM, the Port Disco or the Hawaiian Bar, then join me to relive those halcyon days with three hours of music from the decade that had it all. Sensational 70s on Manx Radio from 1 till 4 on Sunday afternoons with me, Mike Buttle. It's on DAB, online, on smart devices and absolutely live on air on Manx Radio. The Man in Line with Andy Wint. Quarter to one, Howard's with us now. Hi, Howard. Hello, Andy. Uh, Happy New Year to everybody. And you too as well. Um, just listen to some of the comments out about the steam packet. Um, now, she's going on a single sale in a day. Now, the problem with it was when she was on the double sale and the crew were living on top deck and you, if you've ever had a cabin or whatnot, the minute you go to put your head down, all you hear is, ding dong. The cafeteria is now open, and then you just settle down again. Ding dong, the sandwiches are ready. Now, if you've got crew upstairs who have just done a night shift and they be legally obliged to have X number of hours of rest before their next night shift, you can't possibly sleep and have rest while all that noise is going on. Of course, the vehicle's loading and everything laid down board the ship, the general movement around the ship. Um, you cannot have undisturbed rest if you're trying to sleep upstairs, and they certainly won't be soundproof, those cabins. So that is, um, as far as I'm aware, is a legal requirement. And why the steam packet have gone down this path, I do not know. Um, admittedly, she looks a fine ship, but she's going to be problematic. Uh, and I think the ma- the management within the steam packet itself are a big part of that problem. They are looking at, well, their bean counters. And never can I get... I remember the fellas used to be on board. They would have their meals on board and everyone, the able seamen. But the officers would be gone ashore. And this is what they're picking on now is the officers. And they're a very, very important part of the uh, marine industry. And they've got to have their wits about them. Especially going into what they call Hisham, um, which is only a very narrow, shallow port anyway. And as has been mentioned, of course, they can be criminally liable. Very much so. Very much so. It's proved in quite a few cases where they, the captain, I know there's no answers yet, but that, and it was a sad state of affairs when that um, locally registered ship went down in um, Heligoland. She was struck by another vessel. Well, the supposition that people have given ideas of what it could be, but um, when that was hit by a large Chinese ship and sunk, but They've got to be on watch and they've got to have their wits about them, particularly at night and more so nowadays. Um, I can remember going back to the days where they used to zigzag, but now they set a course on the computer and they will sail that course like they were stuck to glue. But with all those turbines out there and vessels out there that are moving, um, you've got to be very, very careful, especially with a ship that's uh, so high-sided and uh, they're saying she's difficult to handle. But if you heard, and was on your news very recently, that I can't remember, it was S- uh, DFS or whatever it is, the uh, line, they're moving into Hesham, and they've got a 77-year lease. And now what link span she going to use? 
because if the steam packets uh, follow the path they're doing with no regular plan and timetable, which seems to be the way it is, they're going to get the issue and suddenly find there's no link span and they're going to have to sit out or leave early. So there's only three link spans in there and two of them are generally occupied by the pure freight, Belfast and otherwise. Uh, and then the steam packer would come in on the one nearest the sea terminal because Haitian ports and this other shipping company are going to operate the waiting facilities something that the steam packet and the people of the island have been asking for for many years but it takes another shipping company to come in to get some action yeah and also i think it was the local mp i think was badgering away for it well it, it it's not uh, being the best of places to wait at any time and i remember coming back one one night and it didn't open till half past 10 at night so I got a train back, taxi down to the Hesham station, and had to stand outside. Yes. Luckily enough, it was dry. <laughs> right. uh, but <clears throat> the other thing there was, I was saying to Chris, I said it about uh, last week, the Condor down in Guernsey, Jersey, yeah. they've bought another ship that's assisted the Ben, the Ben. And they're saying about the Ben, you can't get spares, you can't get this, you can't get that. She's an old ship. But why would a company that's serving a very similar situation to the Isle of Man, why would this company buy another ship assisted to the one they've already got? This is the Condor Clipper. And now they've bought this one, and they're bringing it back from New Zealand. And they're sitting on the back, have it checked over, and then she'll go into service down in the Channel Islands, which, by the way, they're having a, a spot of bother down there because the I think the shipping company is owned by the Jersey, uh, Guernsey government. So that, uh, that speaks volumes of our lot. OK. All right. Thanks, Howard. OK. Good Take to hear, good to hear from now. you. Thanks for that. I want to go to Charlie, who's with us now. Hi, Charlie. Hi, Roy. I was away at the end of November or December and Sealink were already in the Haitian Harbour. Their boat. Sealink? Oh, Stenner. Stenner, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Stenner, yeah. Um, the fellow before, Howard, said about the uh, bow thrusters. Yeah. Didn't we have to spend long thousands of pounds at Liverpool to have the dockside reinforced because of the power of these... Uh, Thrusters. You're quite right because it had scour it had scour the um, the, uh, the the harbour wall. So you can't say they can't be they're not powerful enough, then, can you? No, I mean they are powerful. They're powerful enough to scour a wall. Whether or not they're powerful yeah. enough to handle uh, the wind that she's going to take. Yeah. Well, I found it very comfortable in November and December, and there's quite a swell coming back. But the engines are very quiet. And as compared with the old boat, the only noise you heard was when they put the bow thrusters on. You got vibration and noise up in the cabin, up in the uh, uh, main deck vent. Right. But, but apart um, from that, you, what did you think of the boat? Very comfortable. Um, it was quite choppy coming back, and it didn't roll very much, and it seemed to be a comfortable ride. I, w I don't know what it would be like with a heavy wind with the uh, si uh, sides on it. All but right. uh, wasn't that boat initially built for Liverpool? What? The, the the boat we've got now, built for Liverpool? Yeah. yeah. 
um, well, th- all they've said is that uh, she will be able to sail into Liverpool, but she can't carry any freight. Well, not from Liverpool, but that's why they were keeping the uh, arrow, isn't it? They keep it. But the trouble is, it's going to lose a fortune. A boat that size that doesn't carry any freight at fifteen hundred pounds a trailer is not going to yeah. make any money going to going to Liverpool. That's the whole. Well, I don't problem. know whether I don't know whether they can get freight into Liverpool or not on that area. No, they're not. They're not allowed to take freight off it. That's one of oh, the yeah. things. It's yeah. in a, it, if you look around there, all those apartments. I wasn't aware of that. Yeah, they're very posh apartments around there. They're not going to want freight being hauled off at eleven o'clock at night. Sure enough. Well, empty containers oh. same overnight. Yeah. All right. Good to Thank hear you. from you. All Thanks. Right. Thanks for that. And uh, Andrew's with us now. Hi, Andrew. Hi. Good afternoon and a happy new year to you. And you. Um, just comparing the steam packet to other operators, um, you know, they've got problems at the moment, but on the whole, the service they give the island is far superior to. Uh, the Western Isles of Scotland and the Scilly Isles down in Cornwall. Uh, Scilly Isles gets one service a day all year. And um, freight and lorries, of course, don't go on that. They supply small containers. Um, But the cost is, you know, about the same as travelling on the steam packet for a journey of half the distance. Mm. Uh, that's basically what I wanted to say. You know, the steam packet, um, you know, get a lot of criticism, but then they're not sailing in the storms, uh, which is understandable. And these people who expect the boat to go, all I say is, remember the river dance at Blackpool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. Yep. Good. Good to hear from you. Thank you, Andrew, as well. And we also had notes in from people saying, crikey, if you if you can imagine if you were using Caledonia McBrain, those new boats are years and years behind and £200 million over budget. So maybe they would think that the Manxman was worth it at twice the price. Uh, thanks for contributing today. Lots of messages in today. Following yesterday's message, I think the loss of the Ramsey MEA line will be a great loss to the Alamance facilities and the pull factor to the rail railway tourists, especially as the Queen's Pier project is progressing and the Pier Railway is going to be reinstated. That's a really good point. Uh, It may be a tiny railway, but it is a railway on a pier and lots of railway enthusiasts will be going to Ramsey to see uh, the little railway on Ramsey Pier when it goes out as it is going further and further out. All volunteers, all charity money. Not a penny involved. I think they do get some cooperation from a government department, but of course the uh, the trust runs the whole thing. Uh, messages in also, just to say to, uh, regarding the Ben McCree. Oh, can we bring the Ben McCree back? I don't think we can, to be quite honest. We may not have a mail plane, but we do have an airport rescue boat that nobody can sail, says G. Hello, this is Doug Farragher. In conjunction with Manx Radio, I'd like to invite you to join us and learn something about our native Gaelic tongue, the language of man. Your current caller says, what can we do about the state of affairs on the Isle of Man? It's get a new government. Thank you, 119. How are we going to get a new government? Uh, 
within the, the next two and a half years. We're stuck with this one. It's the administration that we have. Maybe it's just circumstance. A noting from Tim who just said that, Andy, I do hope the boat isn't problematic, but me too as well. Because if the boat is problematic, then we're all in it. So let's hope that this gets resolved, that the steam packet and the union can come to some sort of decision. I just want to remind you, uh, meeting your MHKs on Saturday the 13th, a week on Saturday, Jason Morehouse and Tim Glover will be at Arbury, uh, Colby Methodist Church Hall, on Saturday uh, 13th between 10 and 11.30. W-I-N-T